I want to talk to you about the foundation of the Lord. The foundation of the Lord has a double meaning. It is the foundation that God has, or if we were speaking in, in uh, the terminology of men, we'd say that God built, but not quite right. But uh, the foundation of the Lord is that the Lord himself is our foundation. <clears throat> and um, uh, Paul uh, says to uh, Timothy um, that the solid foundation of God stands sure, is firm, it's unshakable. It says, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And this is to give us great confidence uh, in God and give us great confidence in our faith. The Lord knows those who are his. And then he says, and let those who name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity, uh, depart from misdeeds. And Paul said this to Timothy, Timothy in uh, response to uh, Hymenaeus and Philetus who were uh, teaching falsely, telling people that the resurrection is already passed and there's no, no such thing as a resurrection. And they were overthrowing the faith of people because you and I, our Christianity, is really predicated on, on the fact that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And if there is no resurrection, that means that Jesus Christ did not rise from the grave. And so they were overthrowing people's faith. False doctrine overthrows our faith. So we want you to know that the foundation of the Lord is what we want to talk about, and he is another, none other than Jesus. When we talk about a foundation, um, we are saying that the foundation is something that is permanent. So we want you to understand that your faith in the Lord speaks of permanence. I, I know permanent means permanent in every language, but I can remember when I was uh, trying to learn Spanish and still trying, I, would, uh, I saw this word uh, throughout my Spanish Bible, and it was, it was uh, permanente, permanente. Everything was permanente, permanente, more than in, in my English Bible. And I got so excited because I, I realized in a new dimension, in a new way, that, that the things that God has done for us are permanent things. And the, the scriptures are designed to encourage us uh, by, with these words. This is to encourage us. That means when you are tempted to do something wrong, you realize that what God has said is accurate, it's true, and, uh, and one day we're going to see a vindication of our faith. When Jesus came, uh, the, the, when he came to the earth, uh, he, he, he clearly portrayed that he was the Son of God because no one had ever done what Jesus did. And uh, there were those uh, detractors who would say other things other than, than what were true, and they were called him blasphemous. Uh, he was uh, basically a child of the devil. He was doing things by Beelzebub, the prince of, of demons. And they said all kinds of crazy things. And, of course, they nailed him on a cross. They, they, they killed him, murdered him. We say crucified because it was a cross, but, but it was a mur an act of murder, what they did. And uh, Jesus, of course, died for us, but from God's perspective, it was a sacrifice. It was a sacrifice. But on the third day, Jesus Christ rose from the grave, which means he's vindicated. He's vindicated. He is who he says he is. And, and these things are written so that those of us who are going through difficulties and, and uh, trials, tribulations, we go, go through false accusations, whatever we're going through, the reality is that one day your vindication is coming because Jesus Christ himself is coming back for you. 
So I want you to have faith in the fact that Jesus Christ uh, is who he says he is, and your faith is not misplaced. When God gave uh, us his son, he gave us everything he has. When sometimes you know, ministers will, will ask for things, and it seems like they want everything we got. Of course, not in this church, but uh, sometimes uh, they just seem to want everything, everything. But God is the example of giving everything. He gave us Christ. He gave us everything. And a lot of times also our, our, our songs and, and oftentimes our preaching and teaching are as though we are the prize. We are not the prize. Christ Jesus is the prize. And any song or any message that says otherwise is, is false, we are not the prize. Jesus is the prize. And we are the recipients. We are the recipients of this enormous grace that God has given. He has given us enormous grace, huge grace, mercy, redemption, salvation, and so much more. Even God's own righteousness we have. And we have those things in Jesus. And I'm still talking about the foundation because these things that we have, redemption, we have been bought from the slave market of sin to that, that place where we live, where we couldn't help but do the wrong things. And every temptation would cause us to go astray. Every difficulty would cause us to have a negative reaction. That has all stopped in Christ. We Christians are, are also made to, to think that we are the blessing. I, I've, I've heard so many messages about that. They're always me-centered and, and I-centered. It's like I, I, I. You know, that's, that's an indication of eye trouble. Amen. And, uh, and you need to have a good Christological lens to see where your help comes from. Amen. Everything that we have is of him, through him, and to him. And this is the foundation of our faith. Everything that we have, everything of value, is of him, through him, and to him. So all of our blessings are encompassed in Christ. All of our blessings are enveloped in Christ. They're all concentrated right there in one person and one man. Now, you've known uh, this for a number of years because I tell you fairly often that that. Uh, when I was a young man in the 70s, I, I remember just thinking that preaching and teaching was too complicated for me. It was just really too complicated. Yeah, I, I'm reasonably intelligent, I would say, and, you know, I, yes, I've studied and I've studied extensively, but I didn't feel that Christian uh, teaching should be so complicated and have so many steps and so many, so much methodology, all this method and this method, and you have to remember all these things with memorization. Now, I believe in memorizing the scripture. I, I believe in that, but not in, in a man's step or a principle-laden message, you know, to give you all these principles of this and principles of that. I, I felt like that was too complicated, and the, the gospel was meant to be simple. It was, it was meant for you to be able to, to uh, uh, internalize it, to embrace it, uh, and uh, it was meant for you at all times of your life. It was meant for the, the person who, who had uh, the, the greatest university degrees, and it was, it was for the person who didn't have a degree. It was for the person who uh, had a photographic memory and the person who couldn't, could hardly remember the name. I mean, it was for everybody. And so uh, I believe that God has done that in one man, Jesus, in that 
he has given us one man to know, one person to know, and that is Christ, because in Christ uh, there's all the fullness of God, all the reality of God. And so he is our foundation. God has bestowed upon us every spiritual blessing, the scripture says, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. He has bestowed that. Therefore, it is, it is up to us to, to give glory to God, to our heavenly Father, for such generosity, uh, such outpoured love for us. So this is outpoured love. Your, your being here is a result of God's outpoured love. So that means that you now have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is God's love poured out into our hearts, not spilled, but poured out into our hearts. And so now you and I have uh, the love of God. Jesus himself uh, is the foundation through and on whom God builds from eternity to eternity. So Jesus Christ is the foundation. So the foundation of your faith is not some elementary principles. It's not some elementary principles, but it is a per the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything of significance and value in time and space must be built on the eternal and not the temporal. Everything of significance, everything of significance and value in time and space must be built on the eternal and not the temporal. Paul tells us that the things which are seen are temporary. So when you look around, everything that you see, you can see, is temporary. The great institutions, the great buildings, whatever, they are temporary. Uh, in 2015, I went to my, I think it was my niece's graduation in 2015. 2017, well, I'm two years behind. Uh, it went to 2017, it went to her graduation, and I was driving around Washington, D.C., and saw all those magnificent buildings, just huge and magnificent, and I, I, I had the sense of, of, of pride, not in a bad way, but just a good sense of pride. But I'm reminded of the disciples when they were with Jesus one day, and they were on the temple grounds, and they said, look at this magnificent structure. Oh, Jesus, this is wow. And he says, there, there, there will not be one stone um, left upon another that will not be thrown down, that this temple is temporary. This brick-and-mortar structure is temporary. Wow. And so, and so what you and I must understand is, and we should never get caught up with those who are emphasizing the temporary, those things that we can see, feel, touch, smell, but those things which are not seen are eternal, Paul tells us. So then Jesus Christ is the eternal foundation. He's the eternal foundation of, of uh, whom I am speaking, of whom I am speaking, because uh, Jesus Christ uh, and the preaching of Jesus Christ must never be seen as what we would call the basics, the basics. Uh, we were in a conference uh, recently, and, and I don't say this to in any way uh, disparage or dis demean someone, but some, we had comments, and when our conferences, we held comments, and someone uh, said, 
uh, we're just uh, thank, we're thankful because we need the basics, basically, that Pastor Don is bringing. We need those basics to be reminded of the basics. And, and so I was led by the Holy Spirit to just say that what I am teaching you are not, as, as you perceive, just the basics. I'm teaching you foundational principles. I'm teaching you about the foundation on which you and I are built and on whom we stand. Yeah. Because when we talk about something as just the basics, we are, we, are, we, are, we are demeaning revelation. We are saying that there's something greater and more revelatory that's coming. That's what we are saying often, that, that there's something greater and more revelatory. Well, in our Christianity, uh, our foundation is, is, you can't get better than the foundation. You, you will never ever get better than the foundation. Uh, on whom we are built. And I say on whom because our foundation is a person. All of us who are of faith are created in him and built on him. The and what we, all, we notice in Christ is that our foundation and our building are one. That's what we find in Christ. And so these things are to encourage you because m uh, many things that we learn uh, of course, in school are diametrically opposed to the gospel, and there are things that we learn in church also that are not beneficial, they're not useful, if they're not built on Christ, yeah, built on Christ. Now, let me say, every one of us who is built on Christ ought to be getting better. Amen. We ought to be getting better. If you're just waffling, you know, and you're just sitting there and just kind of back and forth and knocked about, then that means that you are not internalizing the truth of God. Okay, that means you are not internalizing the truth of God. And I think it would be a terrible thing to, to sit in, in, in church and come to, to the assembly of the righteous and leave like we came. Or to, to have another view of the truth, you know, without that is, which is usually a non-truth but rather than in, in receiving this amazing truth of God. Because Christ is the one uh, 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 in whom we have our being and the same one on whom we grow. So you are, we are a growing building, a growing temple. You should be growing. Now, knowing these truths that I want to just share with you today uh, should strengthen and should fortify you. They should strengthen and fortify you and me against the schemes of the devil. The knowledge of what the Father has given us and done for us in Christ should make us resilient in trials. It, it should make us resilient in trials and tribulations. It, it should make us strong, the things that we have, rather than forgetting what we've learned. Um, uh, we are designed by God on this, uh, and placed on this foundation to last. We are built to last. We're built to overcome everything we will ever face. So that's why we have to, to in my view, embrace this foundation in that the foundation uh, that we are laying is Jesus Christ, is God, and it's an eternal foundation. So if it is an eternal foundation and Christ then is God's building materials, yeah, he is God's building materials, then uh, I am now built to last. That is, there is an eternal work going on in me, and I need to look at 
my situation, my circumstances, and never cave in, but know that I am eternal. I am built eternally. I am built out of the, the amazing overcoming strength and power of Jesus. And that means that no weapon formed against me can prosper. That's what that means. When you are resilient, that means that no matter what you go through, whatever test you go through, whatever your form or position is, you're being bent, you are being compressed, you are being stretched. We know about stretching, but when you, finish being, when you are finished being stretched, when you are bent, bent over, when you are compressed, you go back to what you were. And that's what God has made us. You go back to your original shape. You go back, as it were, to your testimony. There's nothing the enemy can do to stop you. But you have to know who you are. Know what God has done in you. So it's like trying to, trying to something that's buoyant, and, and you're trying to push it under the water, and you just push it under the water, but you get tired, and it's still there under the water, and when you get tired, you let go. It comes right back up. That's who we are. That's who we are, and you have to know that. And we are that because of what God has done in Christ. He has built us on the everlasting foundation of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 17, Paul talks about that. He says, for we are God's fellow workers. He's speaking of the apostles and prophets of the New Testament. He says, we are God's fellow workers. So they are working with God. They are working with God. He says, you are the congregation, God's field. You are God's building. I like both analogies because he talks about being a, a producing field. You are God's field. There is produce that's coming from you. Now, he says, we are God's fellow workers. And so it is up to, to me and to others here to, to as it were, water and, and fertilize and, and to keep planting and to, and to dig around to make sure that you have good uh, soil and you can produce. He says, you are God's field. You bring product. Uh, product. And when I, uh, yesterday at the uh, meeting, the congregational meeting, I was just saying to uh, the congregation that I would like for all of you to witness to at least one person every week, that you find somebody and you target them, as it were, and you, 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 have, you have the words of eternal life, and you ought to be giving them away instead of just stuffing them more and more inside you. And you should do that, tell them to come and then invite them out uh, here because you are God's field. We ought to see production in you, where there's produce in you. And then he says, you are God's building. So then you are the church of the living God. You are God's building. You are God's temple. That's, that's really big. That's where I'm going with this message. I started to tell you before I got there. But that's where I'm going because you are God's temple. You are God's house. You are God's temple. You are God's house. Now, we say those things, but I think sometimes we're thinking of the natural things and, and we don't really get, grasp that. Because you, this body that you see is not really me. I'm living in it. It's my house. God gave me this house. And you are God's house. And so how, how does God's house look? God's house ought to be the best house on the block, wherever you are. Yeah. Paul says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. So I was a wise architect. 
Isn't it amazing how God would give him uh, the authority to be an architect of, of what his church would look like? Amen. Isn't God amazingly generous? Amen. Yeah, he says, Paul says, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So Paul says, I've laid the foundation. The foundation is Christ, and uh, we have so gotten away from Christ. Our song's about us. Yeah, our song's all about us, me and mine, and what I got, and I got this, and I got that, and people just get all excited about it. I'm thinking, wow, that doesn't bless me at all. You know, our preaching, our teaching is about us, and we don't know our foundation. That's why, when, you know, see, if things are built on you and, and your perspectives, when the winds blow, you're in trouble. Because that's sand. You don't want to be a sand man. But so Paul says that, that, that he has laid the foundation and another builds on it. So you are to build your life on, on what God's Word says. And so when we come and preach and teach to you the Word of God, you need to build your life rather than take an issue. And if you really have a concern, go to the Word of God, be a Berean, and search it out. And when you search it out, you come back to me or the teacher, the preacher, and say, I searched it out, and I did not find it as you are, as you said, or I found it as you said. And I believe that you will find it as we've said. You search it out. You don't go out. Because building your life on the foundation of Christ is very important. And Paul says, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So that means you need to listen. Verse 11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. Which is what? Jesus Christ. Say it with me. Which is? Yeah. See, the reason we say that, we don't want, we want you to say it. Because the scripture says you can have what you say. And so when I, I don't ever say, say oogly woogly, you know, I don't do that stuff. I mean, I, I've heard some guys friends say, say, mm mm. And, they, and the whole church goes, mm mm. You say, say it's the foundation of Jesus Christ. It's true. It's true. All right. So, you know, I love you, so I'm going to get on you. You know, the, the, those whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And, and those whom I love, I chasten. <laughs> it says, now, listen to what Paul says. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Now, notice, sil uh, gold, silver, precious stones. Uh, things of value, things that are not uh, uh, so destructible, but, or wood, hay, straw. So some of us, really, we'll come to the church and we will we use wood, hay, and straw, something that's combustible, something that will, will burn up, something that won't last. Don't do that because you are building on an eternal foundation, so you must use eternal things to build on. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Paul says each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So that means that, that no matter what you're doing in this life, if it is not Christ, Christ-centered, for the sake of Christ, then that means that what you're building is only temporary, it's not going to last, and when Jesus comes, everybody's going to know it. We may, not all, we may not all know it now, but that day we're going to know it. 
You know, that, that you're, you're building on something that won't last. You build on your opinion, it won't last. You build on your point of view, it won't last. You want to you see things the way God sees them. And faith is seeing things the way God sees them. Amen. You want to be sure you know where you're planted. You know that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. Because you have the witness now in your spirit, man. You have the witness now in your spirit. You have the witness in your spirit. Do you have the witness? All right. Now, Scripture goes on to say, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. And so we're not talking about you being cast into hell, but we're saying you will lose reward. Some people don't value reward because they'll say, well, as long as I'm saved. No, that's crazy. God has given you an opportunity to have a many, many crowns, as it were, that Jesus wants to give you. God owns everything. I mean, the universe, scientists say that it's, it's expanding so rapidly they can't not, not, not determine it. Now, I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with that statement. The reason I don't have it, because when God said, let there be, he, I don't ever re read where he said, let there stop. I mean, I, I don't. And what I'm saying is we talk about this vastness of God. If, if, if God, the universe, came into existence by God, and it did, then that means that God is even greater than that. Sometimes I have to stop thinking about this stuff. I mean, I would say to you, God can hold the universe in his hand. That shows you how great our salvation is. It's great salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? This is amazing. It's amazing who God is and what he's done. And so he tells us um, that he says the, the day is going to tell, the fire is going to tell what you would, uh, were building on. So that means that when, when Jesus comes, you'll know whether you had useful works or useless works. And some of us know right today that our works are useless. We know that some of us know that we are slipping and sliding, peeping and hiding. I don't, don't, don't sing this song. <laughs> they know this song. <laughs> Paul says, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So it's like you run out of the house with, with just what you had on, and maybe what you had on burned on the way out. You don't want to save like that, be saved like that. Amen. And then he asks a question in verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Do you not know that you are God's house, that you are God's dwelling place, and that God lives in you by his Spirit? Have you ever thought, I am a dwelling place of God? I think like this, and it always just messes me, with me. Can you imagine what, what you would feel like if some important person, maybe if Bill Gates said, you know, I'd like to come and visit with you, and I want to give you something. <laughs> Whoa, we'll be so excited. Wonder what Bill wants to give us. Wonder what, what maybe, you know, he says, hey, I've been seeing you on the Facebook. I've got something. Wonder oh, Bill, 
we'd be excited that Bill was coming to our house. Are you more excited than that, that God lives in you? I don't think somebody's out there, uh, what, kind of couple of people, couple of people. Because when you're in trial, this will inform you in your trial. You will get through anything and everything when you know that you know that you know that God is at home in me. Wow. Paul says in 17b, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Wow. The temple of God is holy. You are holy. You're set apart. You belong to God. That's huge. That ought to say something to you. That ought to say that you are not just a mere man or woman. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ. He says, you need to eulogize God. You need to bless him. You need to eulogize him. You know, have you ever gone to a, a funeral, a home going, and everybody eulogizing the, the, the deceased? You know, they're saying, uh, oh, he was so wonderful. Oh, he was blessed. And, uh, and um, you know what I mean? Sometimes he's just lying. <laughs> you know, y'all know what I'm saying? Just lying. You know, yeah, man, he was the best thing. I, you know, I remember he used to do this thing. And that person dead, they don't know. They don't care. But God's alive. God's alive. And you ought to eulogize him because Paul says he has already. I don't have to pray, bless me, Lord. He's already blessed me. All I want to do is bring them down right here. He's already blessed me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And he says, just as. So he blessed you in a way that is commensurate with or, or equal to this. Just as he chose us in him. Wow. Before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So he called you in Christ. He selected you. He elected you. He picked you out. Amen. That's what Jesus, God did for you in Christ. That's huge to me. That really blesses me. So I'm still talking about the foundation because I want you to be, because there's a lot of good things I'm going to tell you in this message, in several messages I have developed. But there's some great things I want to tell you about it because, because you're built on this amazing eternal foundation, the Son of God, then now and the same material, Christ, that, that is, is your, your solid foundation is also all through you. Yeah, you're unshakable. The kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. No, you don't hear me. The kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. When I was younger, I thought that, that things could shake me. And so God allows us, or he maybe even causes us, to go through things that we, that, that we say, oh, God, I don't want to go through that because it will shake me. He said, let's go. And he takes you through things, and, and you go, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Oh, oh, wow, wow, wow. I'm more than a conqueror. Wow, 
I, I, I didn't know I was this strong. Yeah, because you are made out of or you are made from the, the, the overcoming Christ, the one who by himself defeated every op op opponent. He defeated Satan and he defeated all of his demons by himself. Wow, that's huge. So that means that this informs me as a believer. Now, there, I know there are probably people who would say, well, Pastor Don, uh, tell me something practical. I can't get more practical than Jesus. I'm sorry. You're going to have to find some people who will make something up for you. Because every principle, every principle that you can find in the Bible, there is a principle. And the principle is Jesus. And all these things come out. Now, you say, well, well that's okay. I can, say, I can say that and it's still the same. It's not the same. I tell you, if you think it's the same, if you think it's the same, if you're married, you just start to talk about uh, your wife. Never mention her name. And just talk about all these attributes. And then you go home. You'll find it's not the same. Because what person, what, what person who wants to be loved and you don't have even the gumption to mention the name? You don't, you don't care enough to even mention her name. Then I can talk about, ooh, man, she makes me, you know, apple pie, I love that. Man, she makes me my favorite meal. She, she does my steaks just right. And I, I, go, I get up in the morning, man, my clothes are laid out. Well, who is it? Well, well it's, it's, it, all you need to know is what's done for me. You get, you get home. I'll, I'll see what's been done for you. You know, you... <laughs> You know, it, it makes no sense to talk about all the principles and not tell people where that's coming from. Who did that? Who is that? Amen. Jesus is amazing and special. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. And sometimes, you know, we need to know um, uh, who we are or what we've been. Sometimes I told you all the story about my life. You know all about my life. And uh, I, was, I grew up uh, being told, Don's a good boy. Don's a good boy. I, I believed him. I did. I did, man. I believed him. You know, and I was to a, to a degree. I was. But the Lord said, let me tell you some of your things that you were a good boy doing. And I said, oh, wow, Lord, don't tell me anymore. <laughs> e Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 13 sort of addressed that. This, this scripture, uh, these scriptures address that. As Paul says, and I'm going to read it a little, a little differently, but I'm not changing the meaning. He says, remember that you once were Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision. So he says, now you need to remember what you used to be. Okay, remember. And he said that at that time you were without Christ. Wow. You were without Christ. Now just think for a moment, there was a time you were without Christ. It doesn't matter what your fond memories are, they're lying memories if there's anything except chaos and destruction. You were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, you had no right to the blessings of Israel. For example, when we talk about the commonwealth, we have a few states that are commonwealths in, in America. And that means that all of the resources belong to the people who live there. 
You weren't living in Christ, so you did not have these blessings. You didn't have the blessings of redemption, of forgiveness of sins. You didn't have any of those blessings of salvation. You didn't have the, the blessings of sanctification. You had none of that. You had no access to God. Wow, that's who you were. You were, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. You had no access to the Holy Spirit. It was, you were just with your dead spirit. This is real stuff I'm preaching. I'm not making this up. Now this one says, having no hope. You know what we have, what we call in English desperados? Desesperados? Desesperado. Desesperado is somebody who has no hope. That's why they get the pistols and do crazy stuff or get the AR-15s and do crazy stuff. They are desesperados. They are people without hope. But you and I were people who having no hope. That's our, that was our history, our past. Without God in the world. Can you imagine? I don't even want to think about it without God in the world. But now, change the direction, change our course. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Wow. 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 He's amazing. He's amazing. Let's, this is what you have, so this should be informing you. It should always be informing you because the Scripture says many are the afflictions of the righteous, so it's ought to inform you, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So this ought to inform you. It doesn't matter what your boss is planning against you or your employees are trying to rebel. It doesn't matter. What matters is what God says and what God has done and what God is doing for you. Hallelujah. And so you are in Christ now. Ephesians 2.19. Let's look at 2.19 through 22. He says, now therefore. Why, why is the therefore? Because of Jesus. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're not that. You don't have to hold your head down. You're, not, you're, no, you're no longer strangers. You belong. You belong. You belong wherever you, your feet are. You belong. You're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Now listen, that means that, that you have, as it were, a birth certificate in heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. That's huge to me. I mean, I, I know it's blessing you, but it's blessing me more, I think. And not only that, now that's great. To know that I'm a citizen, I wasn't naturalized, I was born in. That's huge to me. But not only that, I'm a member of the household of God. I'm a family member. I'm a family member. I'm a family member. 
I know what it's like to be a member of the house. I've told you some of my stories. And dad and mom would leave the house, and they would leave one of the older brothers, my oldest brother or, or our oldest brother or our oldest sister in charge. And uh, I knew I was a family member. And, and as long as they were acting like an older brother in charge, I was fine. But if they taught, start to act like they, they were daddy, I, I'm telling you, I'm sorry, I'm not proud of it, but I said, no, you're not my daddy. Yeah? <laughs> You're not my daddy. But I'll tell you this, you and I can say, safely say that God is our daddy. Yeah. Je Jesus Christ is our elder brother. I don't know what that does for you, but to just think of what God has done for us, that he has so saved us from our recklessness and our chaos. He has so saved us from our sin and our shame that now we can say God is our daddy and Jesus is my brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That does something for me. That does something for me. That's why the scripture says that when you and I go through the fire, we won't be burned. When we go through the waters, we won't be drowned. Why? We can't be drowned. Because the one who made the fire and the water lives in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Members of God's family. Now notice what, what, what Paul says. Having been built. I love this. You know, you know, when you read the scriptures, just read the scriptures over and over. Read the scriptures over and over because the scriptures are so beautiful. He says, we having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now we know that in, in this context, he's giving us several contexts. In other words, what Paul is saying is that I'm going to come to you from different directions. So if you're coming from the left, he says, I got you. If you're coming from the right, I've got you. If you're coming from a, wherever, you know, he's got you. Because this is what he wants you to understand. Having been built. So God said something about you. So having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We know that the foundation of the apostles and prophets is not Peter, James, John, etc. It is Jesus Christ. So it's the foundation that they laid. And he says, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, what he's, this is amazing. You know, I, I know, does anybody have a problem with my Jesusness? You know, I made up a word, right? Jesusness, my Jesusness. My, my granddaughter make, made up a word too. She said she needed some peaceness. So, so my Jesusness, you know, I love him. Do you love him? Yeah. I, I saw our sister, she was greeting this morning at uh, the door. She said, I love Jesus. I said, I love him too, and I want to love him more than you. <laughs> I mean that. Now listen, he says, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, the whole building, every one of us being fitted together, being joined together. There's a process now of God that he is joining us together. Amen. He says, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Now what he shows us here is that you and I are growing in the Lord. We're growing in the Lord. You ever see a building grow? <laughs> We're a growing building. We're growing in the Lord. If you're not growing in the Lord, what, what are you built on? I'm built on Christ and nothing less. And so now I have the ability to grow, to grow in the Lord. 
to be a bigger building, a better building, as it were, than I started out as. Yes, I was a little building with all of Christ, and now I'm a bigger building and a bigger building and a bigger building, and it's for the, the expression of the God we cannot see. Wow, man. Wow. Wow. And he didn't stop there, and in verse 22 he says, in whom you are also being built together. Having been built and being built, you're also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You are being built as a dwelling place of God. Let me just throw this at you before I, I, I finish it this morning. See, one day, all of us, not some of us, those, those born ones, all of us are going to have an experience that were we to have it now, we would, I think, disintegrate. It wouldn't be possible to handle the revelation. And uh, when God speaks to me these things, uh, I get so excited. I'm just shocked and blessed and whatever. But what I know God is doing, he is building us in an amazing way. He is fashioning us in the Son of God because when everything is done, God had a plan. See, God is the invisible God. We'll talk about this more. He's the invisible God. Scripture says he dwells in unapproachable light. You can't find him. You can't go there. Jesus lived there. Jesus knows about him. And he says he's seen the Father, but none of us has. And so th this amazing God, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So Jesus is the God that you and I cannot, that, that nobody can see. We can't see but this is what he's doing. God is so vast. He says, I, Jesus, he says, I want, uh, I'm using my, uh, my interpretive license here. He says, Jesus, I, I want to, to show the world myself through you. And, and, and son, I want a huge company. I want uh, billions uh, of people like you. And uh, I, I will express myself through all of you forever to all the angelic hosts. Uh, I've got billions of angels, and, and, I, and they don't, they've never seen me, me as I am. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show them who I am in the saints of God. That's what God's intent is. And when he is finished with this earth program, all, the, the, all of us are going to share in his immortality. That's what God wants from, from us. And if that doesn't inform you, if that doesn't bless you, if that doesn't cause you to keep going when you want to quit, when you want to stop, if that doesn't, there's no help for you. But there is help for you. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hey, man, let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah, everybody. Give Jesus a big hand, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you forever and ever. Do you love Jesus? I love Jesus. If you're here.